You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday, a game day here in New Orleans, and the final game before the All-Star break for your Pelicans. They'll then have a full week off before taking on the Portland Trailblazers next week, at the end of next week. Um, and this is a big game, taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder have been slumping a little bit recently, so this becomes a much more winnable game than maybe it would have been otherwise. We'll preview that in the third segment of the show. Uh, and before that, we're finally going to get to Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who I've wanted to talk about a little bit for a while now. And then we'll also focus a little bit on Zion as well and his improvements, particularly one thing I'm seeing from him offensively that I've really, really liked. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So since January 22nd, the Pelicans rookie that's gotten all the hype is Zion Williamson, deservedly so, and we're going to keep that going and talk about him in the next segment. Um, But a guy who we were all really high on going into the season, someone we thought would um, maybe kind of steal the the spotlight a little bit uh, with Zion Williamson out being injured was Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Very impressive in summer league, still impressive during the preseason too. Um, And things have kind of cooled off in recent times for him he got some run early on in the year and this is a guy who on the season so far is averaging 12 minutes per game 5.1 points per game two rebounds and two assists he's doing it while shooting 34 percent from deep um and has shown moments of like very good aggression and running an offense and kind of being a leader on that second unit but As I mentioned, things have cooled off a whole lot recently, and he's kind of lost his rotation spot to guys like Josh Hart, who's got an increase in minutes, um, and he's kind of the go-to guy whenever someone's injured. He's also, though, been losing minutes to guys like Etwan Moore, and in particular, Frank Jackson, and Frank had a bit of a starring role in the other night's win over the Portland Trailblazers. So what's caused some of the role reversal here when this isn't what we saw to start the year? And... I think it's a number of things. I think he's still growing. And when the team wasn't worried about being the most competitive, you know, when you're on a 13 game losing streak, yes, you want to win, but your priorities shift and they can shift multiple times throughout the season. You know, he was a guy that let's give him some minutes. And there were times when he was playing 34 minutes, 30 minutes, um, 20 minutes, plus a number of games that way. But we've seen it drop on the season. He's got 17 games where he's played between 10 and 19 minutes, six games between uh, 20 and 29, and then two of 30 plus. But more recently, he started to see under 10 minutes per game, and he's got 16 of those on the season. But in particular, since Zion's return, his numbers have taken a dramatic nosedive in terms of minutes. Going back to January 22nd, Zion's debut against the Spurs, played five minutes, then the next uh, game, two minutes. Didn't play in the win over Boston at all. Then against Cleveland, game that the Pelicans um, won by a good bit. He only played 38 seconds. 
Against Memphis, another big win for New Orleans. He only played six minutes and then four minutes and then two and a half minutes. And there's a couple other, there's three other DMPs put in there. So as this team realizes they're in playoff contention and fighting for their playoff lives, it seems like Alvin Gentry is doing what a lot of coaches would do in this situation. And that's lean on your established guys. Guys, you know what they're going to give you when they go out there. Each one more will be a steady force and hit some threes and do a number of different things well. Frank Jackson as we saw against the Portland Trailblazers, is an excellent on-ball defender and was key for that win in slowing down Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I don't think they trust that Nikhil Alexander-Walker would be able to give you that. And when you look at him over the this run of six games where Zion's been back that he's played in, he's averaging three and a half minutes per game, and he hasn't been good during those three and a half minutes, and that, I think, is also a very big deal. Playing three and a half minutes per game and his plus-minus during that stretch is minus 4.5. They're getting outscored by more than a point per minute. He's out there on the court. He's shooting just 11% from the field during that time and isn't making threes and not giving you much else and also giving you a turnover during that time while not registering a full assist, a full rebound, or anything else. And... This is maybe to be expected. He's the 17th overall pick. He had a very excellent summer league. He had a very good preseason, and we saw some flashes of him early on in the year, but nothing that necessarily made you go like, whoa, this dude is ready to play right now. You know, he did have early on against the Miami Heat and a loss, 27 points. That's about it. That's kind of been the biggest explosion. He's just shown moments of where he drives and um, does a number of other things. And that's it. And so I don't think he should be out there right now. And the minutes he's been giving you haven't been very good. The aggression's good. You need that. But as you've seen a guy like Lonzo Ball be more aggressive and attack more, and then you've got Zion who's going to be more aggressive and break down defenses like that for you, I think you don't need to worry about it nearly, nearly as much. And the skill set he brings you at that point is a little bit redundant. He doesn't give you much of anything else, and he can actively hurt you out there on the court defensively. So getting these minutes to Frank Jackson and others – I think it's been a real key part, and those are the guys that are going to step up if the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs. So it's great to have those other guys that you're not forcing to keel into that. It's nice that he got the taste of action early on, but as the team gets healthy, as they start to take the season a little bit more seriously, yeah, maybe not playing him as much is a very good idea. And some of this is an echo for Jackson Hayes, too. He got forced into a lot of action that he wasn't Expected to play and wasn't prepared for. And now that they don't need him as much, you can dial back those minutes. He can learn by watching and going through practices, but still have gotten a taste for it. And I think that maybe plays uh, pays dividends in the long term. But I think that's why you're not seeing Nikhil right now, while you're seeing Frank Jackson get those minutes, while you're seeing Josh Hart get those minutes, and while you're seeing each one more even get those minutes. Um, and then if the and given that the Pelicans probably aren't falling out of playoff contention until like the end of the season, I don't know if we're going to be seeing a whole lot more of him going forward this season. 
So we'll talk about Zion in the next segment because, frankly, that's basically what we are, the Locked on Zion podcast at this point. And it's also really fun. I like being that. This is way better than what was going on last year, so this is very cool with me. And we'll touch on him a little bit more. I'm also going to be touching on him tomorrow at the Smoothie King Center when we host On the Fly, the Pelicans' official Twitch show, 5 p.m. Central today to this afternoon, this evening, whatever time it is for you. We'll be live courtside breaking down a lot of film from Zion on there taking your questions in the twitch chat and just generally having some fun i've got some ridiculous zion stats to use for y'all and you're going to tell me if they're true or false i cannot wait it's going to be a lot of fun please join twitch.com slash pelicans nba they should i think they're promoting it heavily today so you should see some tweets about it too i've been tweeting about it make sure you get on over there make an account subscribe uh don't well just follow and then come uh join us in the twitch chat where you can ask your questions and we'll read them live on there you maybe will get an appearance from zion from drew uh derek favors was on the stream last time you could see him in the background it's pretty cool so i cannot wait see you there 5 p.m central twitch.com slash pelicans nba so we'll touch on zion here in a second but as i record this the memphis grizzlies are up 104 92 over portland with four and a half minutes left to go in the game a lot has been said, and I've, I've done a lot of radio the past two days that kind of touches on this, where people want to know, do the, are the Pelicans going to make the playoffs? I've been asked that in every interview, and I'm not going to jump into all of that right now because, frankly, we don't know yet. It's still a little bit too early to say and to make predictions, and people have brought 538 up in their predictions to me for uh, the past couple of weeks. I'm going to just say that on here. I dislike those tremendously. It doesn't. It, there's a couple things I think that are wonky with it. I think they currently have the Pelicans as like a 50% chance to make the playoffs. They had them during that losing streak too as like an insanely high percent chance to make the playoffs for what was going on. And... You know, that was before we even knew what Zion was going to do and what he was going to give. So I don't like those. Um, and here's the thing. So a lot of people have talked about Memphis and them having one of the toughest schedules after the All-Star break. The Pelicans having, you know, the easiest, one of the easiest, if not the easiest. It doesn't always matter. We thought this Portland team is not bad, not amazing, but not bad. And you've got now the Memphis Grizzlies straight rolling on them um, in route to another win that's going to just cement them a little bit more in the eighth spot. Because their schedule's tough, this team's pretty good. They've won um, well against really bad teams at like an exceptionally high rate. Um, and they've done okay against winning teams too. Just because their schedule's tough doesn't mean that they are going to uh, stumble. So I don't know if we want to use that as the main sticking point for why we think, the, or why you think, the Pelicans may make the playoffs. So I think it is a going to be a little bit rough um, going. But the good news is, and what I've said on the radio everywhere, is I don't know if this team will make the playoffs, but they are going to be in contention until the very, very end. And I think that's really all you can ask for. So that's going to be a lot of fun to just have games that matter as the season goes on as we get towards the end of the year. All right. So Zion Williamson, and this is something we're going to talk about on the Twitch show today. So I'll have video examples of this. I think I've noticed that he is unbelievably excellent as, and I think this goes to something with his weight and people want him to lose weight and all of that. I don't think there's anything wrong with his weight, and he is 
almost weaponizing his size over these past handful of games when you really watch him. We see the high-flying lobs and all that in the dunks. We see him moving in space and going right at defenders um, on the move, off a dribble handoff, off a cut, something like that. He's also been excellent, though, at establishing position in the low post on the block and sealing off his man. And that's something that takes uh, NBA players a long time to kind of learn and do because usually you don't come in with an NBA-ready body. Jackson Hayes doesn't do this because he's not capable of it. Zion Williamson, when they're in the half court and it needs to get down low and wants to establish himself down low, he goes down there, sticks that big butt of his out, and then bumps a defender off him, basically, seals off his defender, puts his back to the basket, and you have an easy pass to this dude. And he did this a lot against Hassan Whiteside. Um, he's done it a lot to Kevin Love. And the great thing is, if he's ever matched up on a guard down low because they were running in transition or something like that, he knows this, immediately seals off the defender, calls for the ball, and has a mismatch one-on-one -on -one like that, which every single time forces a defender to rotate over and help. You saw this against the Houston Rockets when they played. You had James Harden matched up on him way too often for whatever reason it was. He would just settle down low, realize there was a mismatch, establish his position, get the ball. Harden couldn't do a damn thing against him. They had to have someone get over there and help. That's great because it bends the defense around that. There's court gravity out there all of a sudden, and it allows everyone else to be more open. And we've seen Zion able to make the right passes. Five assists against the Portland Trailblazers. That is fantastic. So he is doing little things like that incredibly well. There was an interesting one against Hassan Whiteside, I think it was, though, against the Portland Trailblazers, too. Whiteside actually didn't let him get position in front of him with his back to the basket. So Zion spun around him and basically just boxed him out like he was going for a rebound, called for the lob, and because he can get so damn high, they lobbed it up to him, and he was able to create enough separation to go and get that ball over a much taller and bigger center than him. And that's all because he knows how to use his body and creates space that way. It's really impressive, and it opens up the Pelicans' offense in the half court more so than we were thinking. We like them in transition. We haven't always liked them in half court this year, in the half court this year. They've looked a lot better recently, and a lot of that is mainly because of Zion using him in motion too, but also when things do stall a little bit, you have that easy option of just dumping it down to him, and he can make something work. It's not the most efficient way, but we've seen how quick he is with those spin moves to the left, to the right, where if he gets his back to the basket on you, puts his body into you, shoves you back a little bit, takes a dribble, and then just has that lightning quick spin that... Big men defenders aren't used to seeing a dude move that fast. They don't know what to do there. And they don't even have time to react. Zion is so quick. And he's able to score that way. So this back-to-the-basket game that he is developing has been great. We've complained about entry passes for how many years? If you've been listening to this podcast for more than a season, you know we've struggled with that here in New Orleans. There's no issues with that with Zion because he makes it so damn easy. Maybe this wasn't... A guards thing maybe this is more an Anthony Davis thing um, and Zion just makes it look simple they just toss him the ball so easily down there because he's completely like blocked off the defender it's awesome and we'll have more examples of this on the Twitch show where you can really see what I'm talking about because this is something that's really jumped out at me and I wanted to discuss it's been one of the better parts of his game I think along with that second jump which I think is probably the best part really fun to watch this guy just continue to develop I am so excited about the future of New Orleans basketball here so again one little way where Zion has really improved over the past couple of weeks 
So we'll touch on tonight's game, a big matchup between the Pelicans and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Before I do that, though, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Please leave a five-star review with like a quick comment. It can be a couple of words at the most. And tell a friend about the show. All of those things. Do more than you realize the inner workings of the podcast world is kind of weird. So reviews actually really help. It helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. Give you five podcasts. Can you just take 30 seconds to go and do this? I would greatly appreciate it. It makes a big deal. Um, I get updated on when those things happen. So I appreciate all the people from like around the world too. shout out Australia uh, who've been leaving reviews and doing your part to help grow locked on Pelicans, especially now that we're it's Zion time and it's been a lot of fun. So subscribe to locked on Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast from leave a five star review with a comment and tell a friend about the show. All right, the Oklahoma City Thunder coming to town, a team the Pelicans have not done well against this year. They are 0-3 against them so far, but two of them have been close, which has been good. Uh, they, la- they last played on December 1st. It was a three-point win for the Thunder. Before that, it was a five-point win for the Thunder um, a couple of days before on November 29th. So you're 0-3 against this team, but this hasn't been the same Pelicans team, and this maybe isn't the same exact uh, team that Oklahoma City has kind of put out there all season long. They lost the other night to the San Antonio Spurs where their offense just straight up sputtered. It was not good whatsoever. And they've had a tough month of January and February playing a lot of games. And then they, but they were doing okay. And then during those games, you know, they had a couple of days break and it seems to have thrown them out of their rhythm. Um, And then against the San Antonio Spurs, you had Chris Paul go off 31 points on the night. That's great. But the rest of their team that normally kind of goes big, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 17 points on the night. He wasn't really getting it done. Um, And they need those guys to really step up and beat you. If you can slow Chris Paul down and the rest of the team does just okay, this is a winnable game for New Orleans, particularly with how they've been playing as of late. So we'll see, but it should be an interesting one. The Pelicans have some momentum. They'd love to get this victory and make it four in a row going into the break. It's still going to be tough. Oklahoma City is well coached. They've been a very good, solid team all year. Not trading away Chris Paul, not making any knee-jerk moves. And they're a team that could push Utah for the fourth seed in the Western Conference. They've got the 11th best defense, the 14th best offense. And their record is 32 and 22 going into this game tonight, led by, of course, Chris Paul, who has been just almost resurgent this year with his career, averaging 17.5 points per game, 6.6 assists, 5 rebounds. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Nikhil's cousin. Almost 20 points per game, three assists, six boards. He's doing it on 35% shooting from deep. Chris Paul, by the way, shooting 36%. Uh, Dennis Schrader has been great for them too. 20 points per game, basically off the bench. 19 points per game, four assists off the bench. He's shooting 38% from deep. Danilo Gallinari, 40% from deep on 19 points per game. And then you've got Steven Adams, who is just a solid big man down low, giving you 10 and 9. They do a number of things well with that, and it's basically there. They're very good at drawing fouls, getting to the line, a lot of crafty veteran moves from Chris Paul that helps with all of that. They are not, however, a good offensive rebounding team whatsoever. 
We really like to hear that because that has given New Orleans fits at times, um, and that shouldn't be an issue in this one. They also don't turn the ball over a lot, meaning if you want to get out in the fast break, you're going to need to do what you did against Portland, where even after a make, just run down the court and try and just throw one of those big, long passes, and that could work too. They also don't foul defensively, so maybe not getting to the line nearly as much um, are the Pelicans uh, compared to, say, what they did against Portland, where you saw Zion Williamson get up there 14 times. So they're a good team, and we've said that, but like I said, they've been struggling a little bit over their four game, last four games. They've lost to the Spurs. Not a great loss, not the bad loss. They lost by a point to Boston. They had a win over Detroit, but it was closer than you probably would have liked it to have been, and a win over Cleveland that they kind of slogged their way to as well. You know, going two and two over your last four is not bad, but when your two wins are over the Pistons and Cavaliers and neither was convincing, you don't really know. So this team comes in getting just re- like ready to get to the all-star break. We'll see how it goes. I, I believe in this Pelicans team. They've been played really well. The best offense was Zion out there. The best defense was Zion out there. So it's not a similar Pelicans team to the group that has lost three times already to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Injuries for the Pelicans, we're going to be seeing Zion Williamson play. The only other big question is Brandon Ingram. Officially listed as questionable, so no change by the time I'm recording this. We should get an update. He may be listed as a game-time decision, but we'll see if they update that in the meantime. But he said he wanted to play one of these two. They didn't have a very intense practice the other day, but it sounds like he was more of a participant than um, Monday when he didn't really play. So we'll see, um, and we should get an update closer to game time, maybe around 5.15 when Alvin Gentry speaks or so. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy the game. Final game before we get about a week or so off here. So if you're getting out there, make sure to be loud because you won't have a chance to do it for a little bit. Don't forget Twitch show, 5 p.m. Central, the official Pelicans Twitch show. Like I work for the team on this thing. Twitch.com slash Pelicans NBA. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 